This is Alpha Geek Radio. You. My name is Bobby Blackwolf. I uh, am the host of the Bobby Blackwolf Show, which is the worst name you could ever choose for your podcast, but I've had it for nine years, so I can't change it now. Uh, no, I can't. And, uh, nice try. Uh, and uh, two years ago, uh, Rob, myself, and Travis, who is not here, we helped start the we helped kind of start the genesis of the Vo- Voice of Geeks Network, uh, which is a live internet radio station that also plays pre-recorded podcasts. We do live shows, and the reason we're doing this panel about participating is because we decided early on in our you know in the in the what some people say your lame branding attempt is that you know we don't say you're listening to the VOG network or watching the VOG network because under sedation we have do have a video show we say you're participating with and we've tried to devise some some things that I think are unique ways to try to drive participation I'm not sure if we're the only ones that do it or not I've never heard of any others but that doesn't mean they're not out there uh, so that's kind of what we're going to touch on and try to you know maybe provide some ideas to other people that want to encourage more participation and uh, maybe pick your pick your brain on what you would like to see as more participation so we can steal your idea. Uh, so I'm going to let Rob introduce himself and then John who's up here on the panel. Awesome. Hi, everybody. Uh, I'm Rob. First off, thanks for coming out on Monday. Yes. Whether you're here in the room or uh, online even because I know it's 830 on the West Coast. So uh, thank you, everybody, for being here um, for – uh, as we wind down Dragon Con. Uh, but my name is Rob, Rob Roberts, and uh, not my real name. Uh, I'm from uh, from California, Northern California, Sacramento area. And uh, I have been, uh, I actually am inv- I'm involved with three podcasts, two of which I produce, uh, two of which are on the Voice of Geeks Network. Um, one of them is called Horde House. It's uh, all things online gaming, but never too seriously. Uh, that's one that we do, and that's a live show that happens on Wednesday. That's been running since about 2010. It started about World of Warcraft and kind of evolved because a lot of us quit World of Warcraft. So we kind of do a variety of other games now. You know, I'm really into Diablo 3 myself these days, and Final Fantasy 14 is like a big one for me too. So we talk about those games uh, with our live chat room, our live audience. Um, but then probably the one that, um, if you've heard of me before, you probably are aware of is uh, Orange Lounge Radio, which is Sunday nights live on the Voice of Geeks Network. And I'll oh, stop. Thank you, thank you. Um, uh, that has been running since 2002. Uh, it actually predates podcasting. Uh, started as a Live 365 network, uh, and then kind of evolved from one thing to another. Now it's it's a it's one of the shows on the Voice of Geeks network that kind of makes up the family. But yeah, um, Orange Lounge Radio always kind of tried to be on the um, cutting edge of new social things. That's one thing I really tried to do. Um, early on in the Skype days before Microsoft bought them, we wanted to be like, oh, this is a great way. Okay, through this program, I can get a phone number and I could get an 800 number that would route to that phone number. I could have a toll-free number where people can call in on Skype, and I've got one of these sound cards that allows the uh, what they call the full duplex recording, where you can have the what you hear where they call in. So that was a great thing for us early on to actually be able to take live calls on an internet show, and uh, always an adventure when it's live and you don't know who's going to be on the other end, but a lot of fun as well. So um, yeah, I've been 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 able to experiment with lots of new things. You know the. Tw- Twitter, chat room, Facebook, even Google Plus, and and all these other new things as they come up. Some work, some don't. So, John, right. and, uh, I'm John Keegan. I am the lead host for the Critical Myth Show. We're uh, actually a podcast that runs. We're not live. Uh, we do basically discussion on genre television and then anything related to that. So movies, comics, books, 
you name it. If it's related to genre TV, we probably talk about it. And he, he's actually well represented. Critical Myth is well represented. You have other people here in the yes, audience. Yes, we have Call two them other out. members of the show over here. <laughs> Slacking off in the audience. And this is I have to I have to say this because I think this is so cool. You guys have been doing your thing via Skype. You have a host in Australia. You have hosts throughout the U.S. Right? This is the first time here at DragonCon you have all met in person. Right? Yes, literally oh, an hour ago. Yes, we were here all weekend, and it's, we finally got everyone in the same room. That's awesome. Uh, we we do have some other shows that were here. Uh, unfortunately, Brian. Uh, could not be here with us right now because uh, he was invited to be on another panel because he does British Invaders. So he's on the Brit Track panel, and they're like, we're going to put you on one panel. And it was exactly at the same time as this. <laughs> so unfortunately, he is uh, – well, I mean, fortunately for him because it you know, gets, gets bigger, gets more exposure for him, doing a panel on British audios right now, uh, but we miss him. Uh, and then Travis Donovan, who uh, has also been doing this for quite some time, uh, he hosts Under Station Live. He's a live video show on Saturday nights for us. Uh, and he, how long has he been doing? Like 1892 or something like that? Yeah. Um, Travis has actually been doing his program Under Station Live um, on and off for a very long time. I actually started on Under Station Live. And I want to say, like, it's so funny because now it's like where the years blend. And I have to think about, okay, when did I, when did I leave Chico and come back to Sacramento? I want to say it was around 2000 when Under Station Live really got going. Uh, and again, I, he was also a Live 65 uh, network, uh, which for a short time was the number one reality re- reality network on uh, Live 65, uh, which you know kind of evolved into what he does today with the video. Mm-hmm. So, and you, I think OLR got something from Live 365 too, right? Like uh, awards or something, or uh, back, in the, back in the day, Orange Lounge, the station was nominated for several Best of Live 365 awards. Um, I don't even know if that's a thing they do anymore. I, I think the site not. does still still exist, but that would have been about 2004. We were nominated for one of the uh, stations of the year, and that was really cool because they uh, we went to the award ceremony. They forgot to read our name. But you can hear the live broadcast of it. Uh, you can hear Loki way in the back of the room. Hey! <laughs> when they forgot you know, to say our names. Yeah. It was funny. I was going to ask you, uh, it seems like a lot of the people that are in the Vogue network don't necessarily live in the same area. So I'm wondering how all of you kind of connected. Because I know the network I'm in. We were friends first. Like, I was a listener first, and then we became friends. And they were like, hey, we do this podcasting thing. Let's all kind of band together. Like, is were, were some of them listeners and then yeah. became participants? Mm-hmm. Like, how did that work for you guys? So um, I actually started – my journey into podcasting started from with another network uh, that, that I helped start called the All Games, uh, All Games Network. Uh, All Games Radio it was run by a man by the name of Scott Rubin, who initially cre- who was like one of the pioneers of internet video. We're talking like 1996. He had a live one-hour daily uh, video talk show about video games. It was on Real Media. Yeah, Real Media. Real I Media. That real that, video. Yeah. So it was a little postage stamp size. And I remember when he finally got like a 100k stream or something for the people that actually had like ISDN, and that was a big deal. Uh, but he went on to found a little uh, cable channel uh, called G4. Uh, and then he quit two years later when they destroyed Tech TV and restarted a pod- and started a new podcast network, and that's kind of where I got in there. Uh, but I had actually listened to OLR on Live 365 a little bit before I started, uh, and I'm like, maybe I could do this because I didn't. I turned down the chance to do the college radio station, and it was one of my regrets. 
So this was kind of, you know, I thought maybe this will be fun. I'll, you know, make up for the regret. Uh, and then you guys were having trouble with live. Or I, I actually reached out to them to add them to the network, uh, to All Games, and they were still doing their live 365 thing. And then you guys. Yeah, we were syndicated with All Games for a little while, and that's when we kind of really started to get to know you because I know you had been a listener because you, you and I, we I both participated. Played, yes. We both we, we both were uh, really into like music-based video games. Orange Launch Radio actually started as a show dedicated to uh, the music gaming community, like things like DDR Freak and, you know, Bamani, and things that were really, really big back in the day. And, Bobby, you were into all that, too. I, I was into 2DX. Yeah. yeah. I didn't use my feet, but all the other music games. Yeah, yeah. so that's kind of how we started to get connected. And then, you know, you, you listen to our show, and then I, I liked what you guys were doing with all games, and we were syndicated for a little bit. And then um, when um, they were going to be upping the cost significantly of Live 365, which, to be fair, was due to some, um, some new legislation that had gone through that was going to really up the cost of internet royalties, right. we said, you know what, we don't really need to be paying to do our own station anymore. We could probably accomplish a lot more joining up with someone very established with, you know, a name like Scott Rubin, especially yeah. with his credentials and, you know, everybody else that was on board for that. It was, it was a great thing for us. So that's how we met and got together. And then two years ago, we had some ideas uh, about doing, you know, uh, doing a network with the live internet radio station that encompassed more than just video games. And one of our participants is somebody who we absolutely wish was at DragonCon this year. He could not make it this year. Brad from Pod Culture. Uh, he was somebody that listened to both of our shows for a long time, and we approached him and uh, you know, said, hey, do you want to be a part of it? And we also had some other participants that started their own podcast. Like, I think you've inspired like half the iTunes directory or something. Oh, stop. <laughs> um, but but, and, but the, the bridge I'm making here is that after Brad came on, he's like, you guys should talk to this guy named John. <laughs> That's right. And so now <laughs> – I was waiting for the for the. That was the bridge. Yes, I was getting you. there. It was meandering. Well, how did yeah? How did a, a bunch of guys in the United States hook up with someone in Australia to make a podcast about American TV shows? Well, uh, basically, we were all fans of a show called Babylon Five from quite some time ago, and we were also listeners of a show called The Babylon Podcast, a, a, a podcast on. Uh, a, a previous network, the Farpoint Media Network, and following that, many of us that were involved uh, as participants in terms of feedback and everything else, we, we wound up on that show not just sending in voicemails or emails, but also doing bit, you know, <laughs> comedy, some audio drama type of uh, content. And then out of that, we started doing some projects together. And at the time, concurrently with that, I had my own website, Critical Myth is what it eventually became, where I was doing written TV reviews. So I had been doing dozens a, a month and uh, getting other people involved. And I wanted to do something different with it, not just have it on, you know, static on a website. So I wanted to put together a podcast because I had heard a lot of these shows and certainly had been fans of other podcasts and things like pod culture mm -hmm. and said, no, you know, we should all get together and do this as our other projects are kind of winding down or taking a hiatus. Let's go ahead and do something. So literally just over four years ago, we said, hey, let's just get together on Skype and see what happens. And now look what happened. Yes, we're here. And uh, no, it, and it all came out of really not just being a passive listener, but rather mm -hmm. participating and getting to know each other from that. Yeah, and you'd be surprised how many. Oh, there's a lot of podcasts that I know of, and I'm gonna 
there, there's one over that's still on all games uh, where there's actually a podcast that was designed as fans of another podcast. Uh, the main podcast is Video Game Outsiders, and they've mm-hmm. been around for a long time. Mm-hmm. And a group of fans of that podcast decided they want to do a podcast, so they called themselves the B Team, and and they're actually made up of fans of the original podcast. That Was, wasn't the deal that they actually would fill in? Yeah. For, when like Michelle and John were off for a week, right. they would actually fill in, and yeah, then yeah. they started making their own show yeah. as well. You know, so they started as fill-in hosts of that show and then and they're they're also on all games and there's you know a really good relationship there so it's it's always it, it it's a really great feeling to hear you know you inspired me to podcast and you know luckily over the years i've been, i've been able to hear it you've been able to hear it a lot and you know there are people that they'll participate with your show and then want to go out and do their own thing and that's awesome can we one thing you've you've said it a couple times this this weekend and some of the other panels we've been on, but you haven't said it here yet, and I think it's so important because you know some people might be. Oh, do we have any other podcasters in the room with us here today? People that are thinking about doing their own thing. Okay, we got to don't be shy just because it's Monday. Um, uh, what it why why should why should we encourage participation? I mean, what, wouldn't people just download our show anyway? Ego, my ego. I want to hear. <laughs> That's not what you said at the other panel. There's honesty, people, right there. It's Monday. I'm trying to remember what I said at the other panel. Uh, never <laughs> underestimate. Yeah, so um, ba- the, the thing that I like because doing, it li- doing the live show is that I, I do have the chat room. And the thing that I have learned is no matter who you are, it doesn't matter how you know, big of a celebrity or a little, you know, of, of how big of a not celebrity you are. Uh, never underestimate the power of saying someone's name into a microphone or on video. It doesn't matter. And so what I do when I, you know, I've got a live chat room that I try to read the intelligent comments, which I do a gaming show. So, um, but I always try to read comments and I read the people's name and they're like, Oh my God, he said my name on the air. He said my name and, and never underestimate the power of that. And people like to hear that because they like their ego stroke too. They're like the guy that's on the radio said my name. And, uh, you know, and eventually they'll call in and they'll be all nervous and stuff. And, and you know, they're, you're just another person. But that just that level of interaction they're not used to getting in other types of media. Uh, and it's really possible. And, it's, you know, if, even if they email into a podcast, they probably think you get a million mm-hmm. emails mm-hmm. Uh, and you're picking and choosing. And when you might not be, but they think that you picked them and that's and that makes them want to come back for more. Um, I think, too, like it's one thing to just, you know, say somebody's name on the air and kind of acknowledge that, you know, the person is, you know, participating with your show. But I also have found just over the years and maybe some of this is my day job coming into play because uh, I was a customer service call center trainer for about seven years. And one thing we always really emphasize is that, you know, in a call center environment, a lot of times people are called in because they're really ticked off about something. Right. They're really upset. And what is it that they really want? They want to vent. They want to get their problems out. They want to know that they're being heard, right? And I've kind of found that in podcasting, it's not that necessarily the people listening to the show are upset. They they might have a difference of opinion. They might agree completely. But I find that people really love not just necessarily to have their name read. I mean, that's the first part, but they really love to see like, wow, I, I actually, I'm absorbing your opinion. I'm actually hearing what you're having to say. And, you know, that's a great response. That's something I didn't think about before. Like you changed 
the show a little bit because I'm now kind of like hearing your opinion. I'm sure we've kind of all had this happen to us at one point where it's like, you know, I didn't think about it that way. Probably especially you, John, because you guys do reviews. You guys probably get somebody who's like, wait, 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 you totally missed, though, in episode two. Oh, yeah. Yeah. In the <laughs> books. No. Oh, no. That, is, that happens all the time, especially with Game of Thrones. Forget it. Yeah. We'll, we'll get one little detail that was different in the show, but anyway. Uh, but that's part of the participation. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the things that comes to my mind is that we're living in a, an age of social media. And what podcasting and even things like the Vogue Network and how mm-hmm. we, we run the website, the difference between just a passive listening experience and now actively be a, being part of that conversation because you can do it on Facebook, you can do it on you know sharing pictures on Instagram or whatever else, but now you're, you're actively getting your voice out there with people of a, cur- of a similar interest in a different form. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, and I mean social media, because we, we've been doing this so long, social media didn't really exist. At the time, or, you know, or it wasn't the term. Like we didn't know what it was. It, it kind of existed. There were, you know, Live Journal and blogs. I was gonna say Live Journal was the social media. Yeah, like back but we when didn't have started. the term social media. Yeah, exactly. It was Live um, Journal. <laughs> but then, but then, you know, and I think you guys had a Live Journal community. We do. We, it's still there. Oh, it's still there. It's funny because because um, I was, you know, because as podcasters sometimes do, I was searching for the name of my show to see what would come up, and the Live Journal community came up, and I was like. I should like do something with that because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's just it's been idle for so long as yeah. as people you know went to MySpace or but you know and that, then that Facebook actually, that actually helped. I mean you know tr- trying to get the word out because you know now more people are on Twitter and, and mm-hmm. Facebook and and as that it, it's been kind of interesting watching that emerge. I, I feel very uh, privileged because if you think about it, getting on the Twitter bandwagon as soon as we did, I have a three letter Twitter name. Yeah, which isn't you know OLR, which isn't mm-hmm. super easy to come by. Right, and I get mistweets all the time for like I think there's a housing company in New York that also goes right. by OLR, so I get you know funny stuff. Speaking, I'm gonna rant for about 30 seconds here on right. Twitter because uh, and, and it's um you know and, and this is gonna involve a little bit of sports ball, so I'm sorry if you hate sports, uh, but I'm I'm from Georgia here and we have VOG Network as our Twitter name, and whenever I search for VOG Network as of like last week. Twitter assumes I mean VOL network, and I'm getting a lot of tweets about Tennessee football. <laughs> and in the app, you can't say, no, I really meant VOG network. They, they think we misspelled it. And so now I can't search for us on Twitter anymore because it says, no, you really meant to say Vol network. I'm like, no, I didn't. I graduated maybe, maybe from Maybe we need a, a Tennessee volunteers show. That would probably no. bridge. No, no. no. I vetoed uh. that. <laughs> Go dogs. Um, so, um, so how have, you, how have you guys been using social media? Have you been? I think you guys got a Facebook something. Well, we've got Facebook, we've mm-hmm. got Twitter. For the longest time, it was really something that I used to get the word out about new reviews that were being posted up, and it became a natural extension of that, just to let people know what we were doing and mm-hmm. what we were going to be talking about, maybe in a future episode of our show. And just to also draw out some other comments, I mean, sometimes the comment isn't even on the the call-in number or an email. It's actually just a quick tweet on Twitter or mm-hmm. a comment on the Facebook page because, generally speaking, that's how people are communicating these days. Mm-hmm. They're, they're not going to take their go out of their way necessarily for a podcast to make a call and, and record a, a voicemail. Mm-hmm. They want the more immediate 
availability of just commenting on it. But that also plays into what those written reviews kind of evolved towards, which mm -hmm. is getting involved on posting them to the vognetwork.com right. site and that level of participation. Right. So what he's kind of talking about is that we also built in um, things into the site. I, I'm a developer by, by trade, and so I actually built our website from the ground up because everybody and everybody asks, what WordPress plugins are you using? I'm like, I'm not using WordPress. Um, but we actually gamified the entire site, which also encourages participation, where um, you know we actually drop loot. We have a leaderboard. Sometimes we even raffle prizes based on how many points you got on the leaderboard. Uh, and when he brought over, we you had some website issues, and, but you did all these great written TV reviews. So we're like, well, we'll build a section out, and people can actually like get points and get their get their name on the front page of our site by you know participating in the reviews, leaving reviews. Um, we actually have a thing where they can either uh, agree with the reviewer or disagree, and we they can like give a letter grade just like Critical Myth does, uh, and it's posted right underneath the review, so you can see what they're saying. Um, but also in our in, in our radio in the podcasting realm, we have two ways of uh, tracking people. I mean, two ways for people to participate with the show. Uh, and uh, when our live shows, we kind of said, "Hey, you know, Foursquare." I refuse to call it Swarm. Foursquare had this neat thing where if you're somewhere, you can check in. And so we're like, "Well, why don't we do that?" So we actually like whenever a show is live on the network, we're we're actually sitting there and we're watch all of our live shows actually do watch chat uh, as well. Uh, you can actually check in on the site if you're logged in and you get some points. And sometimes we'll drop like special loot that goes into your stash that shows on your profile and everything. Uh, and they can get some points like that, but then we're like, but there's podcasts and they're not live. And so how do we check that? So on a select number of our shows, I don't, we don't have it on critical myth because of the, the three episodes a week. Right. So that kind of messes it up a little bit. Um, we will actually interrupt somewhere in the episode, uh, somewhere in there. We will like play a chime, play a sound, which we don't have here. Uh, and then we'll just jump in, like either like one of us or a different voice will jump in and say, you know, to to register your participation, uh, you will put in this passphrase. And I'm going to have every since this is going on my podcast feed this week, it's going to have a passphrase that actually has. I'm going to make some special loot that drops, and so everybody can yell out the passphrase for the episode is participate. So if somebody logs into the site. And puts that there's a little if you're logged in there's a little podcast check-in area and uh, you put that word in while it's the most recent episode on the feed so it'll only work for about a week uh, you'll get points and actually a very special dragon themed loot but not today not some today. of our people might be listening live on the Alpha yeah. Geek yeah yeah not today <laughs> won't work right this second but when Bobby posts the when, podcast when the, when the podcast goes up probably Wednesday night so no. you're doing this all custom yeah. So we should probably give them some suggestions that, that maybe yeah. <laughs> they don't have but, a custom developer right. for their website. <laughs> well, you know, hope you know, maybe somebody should somebody out there should make a WordPress plugin that does the same thing. <laughs> but you, you got to. But the reason I'm kind of bringing that up is that there are things that you can think of that maybe you know you can you have to kind of think outside the box to try to do some. some of stuff, so right? I I run a WordPress site on my right. on my podcast mm -hmm. and we would. Do something as simple as give away a digital um, item in World of Warcraft right. and say, go to the website, find this post, make a comment, tell us what 
what your favorite boss is mm -hmm. in, in WoW. And then we will randomly select from all the comments. And there were, we have episodes that have, you know, 200 plus comments on them. Like, and then like zero, 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 zero. Right. But that was, you know, yeah. a, a way. Also, I use a, a service called Rafflecopter Free Service okay. where you can get them to engage and follow you on Twitter. Maybe they don't know you're, you're on Twitter. Right. And then it does a random.org and you can select a, mm -hmm. uh, if you're doing like a little giveaway there. So there are yeah. little things online that right. you can kind of bring them into. What's probably happening there too with the 200 comments is that especially with something like World of Warcraft, which through my own experience with the Horde House, you know, is such a such a rabid fan community, okay. right? Probably what happens is the, the two or three people, you know, that are really, you know, they, they find out about it and then they tweet about it and then they tweet about it and then it moves on like, hey, this show over here is giving away this you know, digital item, check it out. Yeah. And then, you know, now everybody's posting a comment, but that's okay. And there's, it's, and there are websites completely devoted to, um, giveaways like oh, yeah. people oh, yeah. that don't even listen, but it, there's a, there's a percentage in there that, yeah. you know, you might get, if, some, if, if one person starts listening to your show because of it, even it was worth it, it's yeah. worth it. Yeah, totally. So giveaways are pretty good. Um, we had notes too. <laughs> <laughs> Um, do you have anything to add? I'm sure. Oh, I just. It's Monday. You know, adding in a little bit of the feedback, we mentioned before that on the site, for even, say, the written reviews for some of these TV shows, we have the ability for people to give their own score, a concurring or dissenting opinion, and things like that. On our show, one of the things we do when we give a review is we give our own score. So it's usually, you know, 0 through 10 or, or a letter grade as it is on the. Uh, on on Vogue, what we typically will do is if someone has given a comment to one of the reviews, we will actually include that score in our tally for what, you know, we'll give that a weight in what we do. And we have this uh, tradition where every year in June we have, it's grown to four parts. It used to be one episode, it's now mm -hmm. usually four. Or we'll go from the top, from the bottom uh, scored shows all the way up to our top ten. And so that gives the listeners and the readers on the vognetwork.com mm -hmm. site an opportunity to actually weigh in on what mm -hmm. our results are over the course of a year. But that's, that's a really cool idea because even if you don't have necessarily a custom website, you know, for you guys out there that are thinking about your own ideas, you know, there's, there's a real key thing in there is that he's letting the listeners influence the end result. Like it's not just, you know, the four of them that do the show that they have the impact on the end result, but so does their audience and the listeners. And I think that that's very encouraging as well, where it's like, you know, kind of, kind of back to what I said earlier, I'm really feeling not just my comment being read, but the impact it's having. Right. Yeah. B being influencing mm -hmm. the decision. Um, Maybe it should be influencing, not just listening. Uh, who knows? Ooh. Who knows? That, that'll be 2.0. That'll be the rebrand <laughs> when we get huge. Um, one of the things that, that a lot of people w will probably ask, because I know you, you, since you've launched new shows, I'm, I'm not great at answering this question because I've done the same show for forever. Um, uh, that's not true. You had a show that was way ahead show. of its time. Yeah. Don't poo-poo that show away because it was you know Twitch before there was Twitch. Yeah, and everybody's like, "Why would I want to watch people playing a game live?" Long story short, he had a, he had a video show where people would actually play video games while they talked about them, and they, I, I went to a gaming center. Yeah, you were like, like it was at a land center, and it was yeah. it was in two thousand nine is when I started doing it, mm -hmm. 
and uh, I would be like, I'd have the direct feed from the game. It was every Friday night for three hours, uh, and I still I had the same kind of the, like the chat room interaction and the phone number and stuff. And we would, me and somebody else would actually be hosting the show, but we would invite people to come in and play a new release game. Uh, sometimes multiplayer with our listeners. We had a gamer tag and stuff. Um, and everybody's like, why would I want to watch this? If I wanted to watch somebody play a video game, I'd go to YouTube. And because Let's Plays really started, and uh, nobody watched uh, really, and it started becoming a whole lot because it was a video show. It was a three camera shoot, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a little webcam that I could move around that sh- showed them, and webcam a camera on us, a camera that was over our shoulder and stuff. And it was it was a lot of fun to do, but it was very time consuming. And everybody's like, "Yeah, that's not a good idea. Nobody's going to want to watch somebody play a video game live on a Friday night." And now it's built into the PlayStation Four. And and now it now it got sold <laughs> for a billion dollars. And I'm like. <laughs> But how do you get people to participate if you're new? Like, because I know you started Horde House, uh, and, and you know, like, how how do you encourage that on a new show that's not an established for years property? I think for one, you have to realize and kind of be a little bit realistic about where you're at. Like, if you're trying to really foster participation with your show, don't instantly assume that you're going to get a hundred people that are going to be tweeting or commenting on that particular show. If you're in that position, then you're, you're, you're in a very lucky spot and you're probably not asking yourselves these kinds of questions. But I think you have to treat each piece of feedback that you do get with respect. That's, that's most of all. I mean, even though sometimes people are going to say some crazy things, you kind of have to be really good at that whole, well, thanks for writing in. I don't agree with you whatsoever, but that is an interesting perspective. You know, that you have to kind of really get good at that game. Um, I think, too, to help kind of encourage uh, new people and people to participate, you know, we've talked a lot about social media, and I'm sure anybody that's going to be producing a podcast of their own is probably tied into social media whatsoever. You have your own Facebook, you have your own Twitter, you have your own, you know, whatever the hot new thing is, you probably have this. Don't be afraid to share your first episode, your second episode on social media. You want to be careful to walk that line. You don't want to spam it, you know, because, you know, we all have that friend who always spams that same thing five times. It's like, all right, it's I'm just I I have this mental block filter. And now, well, Facebook heck has something built in now where those posts tend to sink to the bottom. But if you aren't proud enough of what you're creating to at least be able to share your first episode, then you're going to have an uphill battle, I think, a lot more than just trying to get somebody to participate with the show. So your friends and family is a great first step, you know, and once you kind of can get those people to kind of break the ice because your friends and family are a lot uh, more likely to actually – you know, send you that message and kind of break down that wall of, oh, I'm too scared to be the first one to participate or what have you. Once you kind of get past that, then the rest gets a lot easier after that. Yeah, I found that uh, on mine is because when we, I also take live calls. I've got the Skype 1-800 number kind of just like OLR does. Um, what'll happen is, you know, I only put in like 10 or 15 minutes for calls, uh, and sometimes I'll get nothing. Sometimes I'll get a lot. I can't predict. Like some shows, I'll be like, the phones are going to be ringing off the hook. Nobody calls. And some shows, I'm like, yeah, there was there wasn't all that much. I get so many calls. Or what'll happen is I have 15 minutes blocked out. I'm vamping for time for 10 minutes, and then like uh, I think I'm going to close the phones and we'll just go ahead and go on to the next part, which I then edit most of that out of the podcast. The podcast listeners don't get to hear all that part. Um, and then everybody's like, oh, I guess I should call in, and like three people will call right at the last minute, uh, and, and so or 
nobody will call. One person will call, and everybody like, okay, I just didn't want to be the first because I call every week. And so you, you kind of have to juggle that and tell people it's okay to call in and or, or it's okay to email. Please, you know, don't feel bad about emailing just because nobody else is. Mm-hmm. Um, I was trying to give other options, too, because I know some people don't want to call. Right. They don't want to hear their voice or what have yeah. you, which is, which that's is why, fine. That's why you I know? added email the last Yeah. Yeah. You know, so like usually the same time the phones are open, I'm like, I'm also going to read Twitter for you people that are a little more shy and want to get direct to the point and what have you on Twitter. You know, um, kind of try to give the options. To and how and to you'll also read Twitters that were left throughout the week, even though we're a live mm-hmm. show, we're very podcast mm-hmm. friendly. And I actually read comments from the previous episode that were left on the site, too. You actually brought up a really good point um, just for I don't know. You know, I know there's not as many people doing live, but especially as we see things like Twitch and Google Hangouts and we see a lot of that get bigger, I kind of think we're going to see more live presentations, mm-hmm. um, is that I think it's really good to not forget that, you, you know, if you're going to podcast your live show, don't forget you've got two different audiences. And so you kind of have to have those two different mechanisms on how can these guys interact with the show and how can these guys interact with the show. And I find sometimes like I'm like flat out apologizing to the podcast listeners or the poor live listeners you know, like are subject to all these technical glitches and so forth. So mm-hmm. it's Monday. I got to look at my notes. Wait, you're talking about technical glitches and then it goes dead silent. See, my show has dead air all the time, and uh, well, I edit it out a lot. <laughs> well, my my internet connection. I won't say who my provider is, but I have a very Comcastic internet connection, <laughs> and it's been known to just drop. So sometimes the silence is out of my control. But you know, I'm there. At least I'm there in the chat room. Well, if my if I solve some internet, you know, we dropped. Or actually, I've been on mobile. I've been on my chat on mobile, so I can kind of do like that whole be right back. Yeah. You know, have it. Luckily, that's rare. That's rare. That's I rare. hate those nights, but it, it, you have to be ready for them. Technical things will happen. And sometimes power goes out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That hap- that happened one show too. Have, have you bought a UPS yet? Oh, stop. <laughs> we we've had the uh, recent experiences where we we switched for a while from Skype to Google Hangout, and for whatever reason, once we get all four of us on there, it doesn't like us very much. And whoever seems to be recording, it will just drop everybody else with no warning. And so that person will just be talking, and for five minutes they'll think. Wow, they're just listening to what I have to say, and no, it's you're in an empty room talking to yourself. Yeah, we learned to keep our phones handy so we can text each other. <laughs> yeah. We dropped. Hold on, we'll be right back. So uh, I, you know, I do want to kind of open it up, and you know, maybe there's stuff that we that you've heard that you think that we should have we should be talking about. What have you heard uh, on a podcast that you listen to that encourages more participation? Uh, or do you have any questions for us as well? Yeah, any questions whatsoever? Don't be shy. All right, that's fine. We, we have we have other stuff too. I mean, but yeah. if you if you want to get up at any time, please do. Yeah. We're we're not waiting until the last ten minutes to open. Time. <laughs> what have you heard on other, sh- or either of you guys up here? I I'm not sure. I my mind goes to this. I'm not sure I would have ever thought of podcasting to begin with. I mean, keep in mind this is a long time ago before there was iTunes and all that. Uh, I'm not sure I would have thought of podcasting to begin with if I hadn't been on web forums and somebody had been talking about it on a forum, mm-hmm. you know, and that made me go, oh wait, because the way it was described, this is how podcasting was described for me: is it was it was TiVo for your radio was, and whether that's an accurate description or not, that's how I was introduced to it. 
And for somebody who's been doing live radio and only can get the listeners only live and wasn't doing anything like distribution after the fact, I looked at that and I said, yes, that's what I want to be able to do for OLR. We could get so many people involved if people could listen to it whenever they want. Um, so, I mean, surfing forums and finding ideas there was, was hugely instrumental in, in uh, creating what I have today. Yeah, I would say that what I've seen a lot in the last few years is an evolution of podcasting to the point where it's much more integrated in what everybody is doing, say, for a website or anything else. And I'm coming more from a fan site point of view because, again, that's where we originated. But you see a fan site out there now for a TV show, for a game, for whatever. There's almost always a podcast that's associated with that, and it's seen as an outgrowth of, of the content in the community. And so if you can leverage that type of innate participation that it, that it implies, then, yeah, you're going to be able to grow from that. I think, too, one other thing I, that comes to my mind is that when Bobby's telling a story about Friday Night Gaming and how, um, you know, it was a little bit ahead of its time and a lot of people told him, like, who would want to sit there and watch somebody play a video game? I was actually one of those people that might have said that <laughs> um, <laughs> because early on, everybody said it. early on, I, di I didn't really get it either. And it really wasn't until I saw a channel where it wasn't just somebody playing League of Legends and why am I watching this dude on his webcam? Because most of the first Twitch experiences I had were that. And I'm like, I'm not getting anything out of this. But when I saw people that were not just playing the game, but were interacting live with their chat, and I don't want to necessarily call it Twitch Plays Pokemon, but kind of like an early version of that, right? Where the chat is yelling out, go, go left, go left, go up, go up, which obviously the whole Twitch plays Pokemon kind of, you know, turned that up to 11. But when I saw that on Twitch, that's when I kind of started to get it and that whole thing and, and saw how that was really growing. And I realized there's many more podcasts out there besides video games, but obviously yeah. this, from, from my perspective, is something that's growing huge and huge and I think is going to have an impact on everybody else. So, you know, especially with the recent acquisition by Amazon. Um, but yeah, but then that kind of I once I saw, OK, this is something that isn't just me broadcasting my television. This is something where I can have a dialogue. Yeah, I can make something a little more of this. That's when I was finally on board with Twitch. And I'm like, OK, I see. I see how this is an asset now. Yeah, it's, it's an extension of what we were doing is mm -hmm. just instead now, you know, at least when, when I was doing it, we were still kind of doing a podcast because I wasn't playing the game. Other people were playing the game, which was great because usually they, they sucked at the game. And that's where a lot of the humor came in. Uh, good natured humor. Um, you know, I think like we couldn't beat Glass Joe in Punch Out. <laughs> like, and that became the running joke. It's like, oh, is this our Glass Joe? Because the person didn't know. Because we were doing Punch Out for the Wii, it just come out, and and uh, the the person that was sitting there playing the game could not beat Glass Joe, and and so that became kind of one of the running gags, and, and that a lot of people liked. And um, you know, I still don't see something like that. But also, most land centers realize that it's probably not a good idea. Or at least at the time, they're like, the guy who owned the land center that I was doing it, he's like, this isn't. This isn't helping my business, so you may have to leave, and that's kind of one of the reasons I had to stop doing it. And I, I still don't see it where what it, nobody was doing what I was doing probably because it's not profitable at, at a physical location because that was the whole point of what I was doing was I was trying to also get people to come in and buy food at the land center and come in at the audience and be in the audience of the show live, at, you know, kind of like this. 
as well as listening on, on the air. Although it works out great for the game companies. I mean, Valve sold out the old Supersonics Arena for their Dota 2 thing, right? So yeah. <laughs> a lot of that works Staples very well. Center got so yeah. sold out for, yeah. for League of Legends. So it's fine now, mm-hmm. but, but yeah. Oh, it's, uh, Rob, like you're saying, the fact that people can have that immediate interaction mm-hmm. and affect what's going on mm-hmm. in, in the broadcast it's taking it from somebody, from you as the content creator, having to have somebody in the audience accept your, what you're giving them. Mm-hmm. And instead, you're working, again, part, working together to create content, and so they have that sense of ownership as well. And multiple points of view. That's right. the thing that I try to, and, and I respect, even if I think they're dead wrong, I always try to respect their point of view. And, you know, because I've had that where I'll say something and I believe strongly in something and a listener will not. And uh, sometimes they will just call me names and leave. Or sometimes they will actually call in and say, you're wrong and here's why. And I always respect – I never interrupt them even though it's very easy because I have the bigger microphone. Uh, But I I get their point of view out and that way people can hear both sides and that would not have happened uh, and you, you even get this through emails, so it's not just the live call-in, but you know there can be emails that can bring in another point of view. My mind does always go to that one call we had one night where, I don't know, some one of those seedier internet websites must have put a hit out on us one night, because I swear every troll was listening to the show one night. And unfortunately, and history has this funny way of repeating itself, but it was my, um, it was my female co-host, Dark Soccer, that was taking a lot of the uh, heat that particular evening for, you know, something, I, I don't even remember what it was at this point, because it was it was probably five years ago for some comment that she had said on air. And, you know, I remember we got a live trolley call that just wanted to basically say, you know, yeah, you know, I'm just calling in to figure out why is dark soccer such a blah, 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 right. And I could have hung up on the guy. I could have said, F you buddy, get the F off my show, which is what my gut was telling me to do. But instead I decided to say, okay, ha ha. You had your say, what I mean is this, is this like a Baba Booey Howard Stern thing? Like, what is your angle? What is it you want to get across? What is it you want to say? Why do you feel so strongly about the way you do? What is motivating you in this aspect? And after, were you listening that night? Because yeah. after kind of berating him in that regard, he actually it was like a puppy going yipe yipe yipe, and he actually was like, yeah, I've been a longtime fan. I've been listening to you guys for a long time, and I'm just kind of like, yeah. <laughs> then why are you such an asshole? But oh, sorry. <laughs> this is what I felt, felt at that time. But, you know, that's that's uh, th- that was a very interesting night of, of turning around the trolls when I kind of like called up on him. Well, what is it you want to troll about? What is, what do you are, are you what's your angle? You, you must have a viewpoint. Right. So you played Battletoads. Yeah, that was that was the one I got was everybody was like, why aren't you playing Battletoads? So on the on the Friday show. And so I threw up Battletoads. We're like, OK, we'll switch it. And I put up Battletoads. <laughs> And they're like, we ordered like 2,000 pizzas to you guys because we were at a public location, so they found the address. And we had already ordered pizzas that night from the same place that they all ordered it from. Mm-hmm. And so they were like, yeah, we figured those were fake. And so, <laughs> and then like they were like, where's the pizza guy? And we're like, the show was ending. And so I'm like, I put the camera on the door. I'm like, I'm waiting for the pizza guy. Where's the pizza guy, you guys? And then I, we ended the show, and they're like, stay on the air so we can have the pizza delivered so you pay for it. 
I guess to try and um, you know apply this this discussion we're having about our favorite trolled moments, um, some of the participation may be negative, so you have yes. to be kind of prepared mentally for it. Um, I guess it's kind of the lesson we're trying to kind of say with this. Um, so sometimes you have to resist that urge to maybe say what you really want to say mm-hmm. and say what you know radio you might need to say to kind of. A P. I'm not saying that you necessarily want to feed the trolls because you definitely don't want to do that. But at the same time, you don't want to start an all-out war with them either. You know, because some of them are very relentless, and there's countless numbers of them out there. Yeah. So I think sometimes you have to kind of like maybe just like, all right, so what's your point? What's your all right? Well, here's why your point's wrong. Have a nice day. That whole thing. Have you got? Have you run into any trolls other than John Marston on Friday? Uh, you, you get the occasional troll whenever you have any type of opinion that people consider to be uh, strong. Mm-hmm. And let's face it, the more that you get an opinion show out there, the more you're going to get people that just disagree with it. And we've had people that will just outright say we have we weren't even watching the, the show or the movie. What, what are we thinking? We're just uh, reading off of some other website or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, it's, uh, and we'll get to the point where we will get even you know comments on what what we're uh, you know our, our pattern of speech on the show or something like that just because mm-hmm. somebody wants to give us a hard time. Yeah, yeah, I've I've had like negative reviews just because I wasn't somebody else on the network. They were like they would go through and like low rate everybody else on the, on all games. Except for like mm. one show, and it's not the fault of the shows or anything. It was just that one guy. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, we have a question. Hey, question. Well, just keep in mind while we're talking about participation, you want differing opinions. You yes. don't want a right. yes, yes, yes because right. that's not going to make other people want to contribute. That's not mm. going to bring discussion. And you want to respect those yeah. opinions. And the more interaction you can get, the better off you are. So, yes. quite frankly, if they disagree with us, that's great. Sometimes we even encourage it. If you don't like our opinion, call us and let us know because that's what gets the conversation started and that is an important piece of it as well. Dirty little secret. I have purposely amplified my opinions in a different direction just to get people to, <laughs> to bring up a different point. And sometimes I've, I've sometimes devil's I've advocate. To, yeah, yeah, I've been the devil's advocate, but I've, I haven't said to be devil's advocate. Let me say this: I have actually just said it and waited for people to to respond, and that actually gets a lot of great discussion out. Uh, you know, I'm not going to say exactly what it was. I did go too far, and one guy left. But <laughs> I, I think that is such a good point. Before we get to the next question, that is such a good point, though, because like I personally have changed my opinion on video games, forcing myself to go back and give it a second playthrough based on listener feedback that maybe I didn't give something enough attention or, you know, you ought to really try this game. I heard you mention it in passing or you did a new story on it, but you didn't really, you know, talk a lot more about it. I have I have. And, and that can happen. Uh, any form of art that can happen. You might watch a movie for the second time, and you're like, "Boy, I really hated this the first time, but I'm seeing something in this I kind of like the second time." You know, or even a, a CD or anything that happens with a, anything you might be commenting on. Don't be afraid to evolve. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and mainly for me, it's a matter of getting somebody to go from just saying that something, oh, that sucks, or oh, you know, some, why. Why do you feel that way? Because yeah. quite honestly, that's why I started what I did, was that I got tired of hearing people say why something was so wonderfully great and mm-hmm. perfect or why something was so terrible. Well, okay, 
That doesn't, that doesn't tell me anything. Mm-hmm. I also run a podcasting network. Okay. And you talked earlier about how the live experience changes the listener's attitude, especially when they hear their name mm-hmm. and they know that they can have immediate access to the hosts. When I'm trying to preach to podcasters and convert them and say, no, you really need to do live, I come at it from the different angle of it changes how the show, how the host behaves, knowing that they have a live audience immediately reacting to Mm -hmm. them. Do you have that experience as well, where when you're live versus a pre-record that you behave differently? It is incredibly different, difficult for me to do a pre-recorded podcast because I've had to do it a couple times like if I'm not going to be around Sunday night and I just it doesn't have the same feel because I, I know I don't have a crowd and I know oh I flubbed that line I can just re-record it and you can't do that and, and that's kind of it's more I put my foot in my mouth a little bit more often but that makes it more real for people so for you it actually yeah. you feel like it's vital yeah. if you have to yeah. not even that it's just yeah. a nice thing. It's, I got it. I, I have to. That's why I. That's why I. When I. When we decided to leave all games, I needed to create a stage, because I couldn't just put my podcast out there. I owned all the stuff for my podcast. I could have still podcasted without creating any other network, but I needed the live interaction to, to for me to function. I'm. I'm going to be honest. Can I do OLR without the live feedback? Yes. Have I done OLR without the live feedback? Yes. Because sometimes uh, we have taped shows in advance because we know we're going to be out of town or something. Exactly. Like the, actually, we, for some reason we didn't do one for this. Probably because I've been gone so long because I got here Wednesday, um, which really stinks because there was so much news this yeah, week. Yeah, because Monday you know, was huge. That's all right. That's all right. You know what? I'm having a great time at DragonCon. Uh, so uh, sometimes we'll tape shows in advance, so we can't have that live in uh, immediate feedback we can still get tweets we can still get emails we can still get some of that other stuff that's not instant so i still feel like the listeners uh have a little bit of a say in the show it might not be as great but at least we get a little bit of that but i do find that the show will probably be at least 30 minutes shorter if not 45 minutes shorter keep in mind i have a three-hour show so it's I know, right? <laughs> It'll be about 45 minutes shorter uh, without the listeners there live to give that feedback because then we don't necessarily get that counter discussion like Gary had just brought up about the whole fact that sometimes that dissenting opinion is important to kind of get you to keep that show moving. But, uh, th- but that's okay because – you know, uh, that's the way our show is designed too, is to be like that live. But I do have, I mean, maybe John will speak to this in a little bit because you, you are not live. You do a you do a podcast show, but I have some people um, that are very kind of against the live thing, and I think it's because some people might prefer a certain type of polish on the show that you can't get with live. That's my most frequent counter argument is, but then I can't make it perfect. Oh, but w- <laughs> well, I'll, I'll let John speak because yes. I, I can't speak to his perfection. Motivation. Isn't the the uh, the problem for us? We we don't we don't try to go in and edit very much at all. Uh, saying that as the editor, we try and maintain at least a, a, a feel of a live recording, uh, largely because we record when we can all get together. So it's more of a scheduling issue for it's you. Absolutely, because again, we, have, we yeah. have a co-host from Australia, so there's a time can difference. You even get. Voice over IP to work out of that poor country, bandwidth <laughs> issues. Sometimes, yeah. 
I've had Australian Some, posts. It's we, been we've painful. got a really good tin can and string network that occasionally <laughs> yeah. stays dry enough for us to get a signal. Somebody needs to fix that. Yeah. Um, but but the uh, the other thing too is that uh, largely because of just the evolution of what we do. Uh, on the network, where we premiere an episode, it's Monday, Wednesday, Friday, an hour-long show. So we record in one night for a week and then parse it. But your listeners know it will be very specific premiere dates. Right. And exactly. he actually even will list on our forums, here's the episodes we're talking about. Right. You know, so they can either watch ahead or if they have if they're backlogged, they can skip that part, you know, so they don't get spoiled. And, and we that. find that that actually helps a lot because even if they are not up to date enough to necessarily listen to the the premiere on the Vogue network, we'll find that then a week, two weeks later, we start getting the the numbers come up because they people have caught up and there's a convenient place for them to go to look to see what it is that's been covered when. And so, yeah, it, it's just more of a practical matter because if it was just everybody able to co constantly commit to the same time, it might be a different story. Real life, though. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I, and I think that's that's a very important thing, too, is that you chose consistency. And consistency, I think, is so important huge. in podcasting. It's huge. Do not underestimate that. I mean, like, I'm I'm taking a risk not having a show on the feed this week, a huge one, and because some, you know, our Monday audience is going to have to find something else to listen to this week when I have a lot of people that listen on Mondays. I'm kind of, I'm hedging my bets because today's Labor Day, so I'm thinking, you know, there won't be as many people looking for the podcast today, but that consistency is so, so important. I can see why you had to do that to keep the talent that you want on the show, but yet be consistent. And so I, I can certainly respect that. And, and two things for, for me about the live. One of the things I like about doing live, the, the live and actually having the participation is I, as much as I like to tell people I am always right – I'm not, and there are. Could you say that again, uh, please? Because I, I as, that was as much as I like to think that I'm always right, I'm not. So, and what will happen is I will mess up a name of something, or I will say it's the wrong company, and somebody in chat's gonna correct me. Oh yeah. And then, but what's great is that because I've listened to podcasts and I'm in my car saying that's not right. That's not right. That's not right. And I'm sitting in my car listening and screaming back. Well, they're screaming back at me, and then I can read it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, so that was this. So it's, it, it creates a more in, uh, informative experience. But also the, the second point about, you know, oh, you know, I can't get a polished show. I edit more than these two guys. The podcast that goes on my feed is not exactly the same thing that is on the live feed. The live feed, it's – I'm on the air for maybe an hour and five minutes, and most of my podcasts are between 50 and 55 minutes. And I'm editing a lot of little chunks out of it, you know, like That's dead That's the happy medium most of my hosts yeah. have arrived at is they give one experience live, mm -hmm. and then they give a different experience yeah. podcasting. Yeah, and, and that's what I do uh, because I, I think – you know because there are things that will happen live that people driving their car don't give a crap about. But the people listening live, they think, oh, I'm seeing behind the curtain. This is great, you know, and that's why they keep coming It does attract back. a different kind of fan. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hardcore usually. Yes, and they are very – you know, and our live number – like, okay, most percentages are pulled out of uh, the anal vortex. So that's what we're going to be doing here. Um, about what, what do you, would you say like 5 to 10% of the audience is the live and the rest are podcasts is that kind of what you would think yeah I'm trying to number crunch in my head right now like lately it's pro it's probably I would say more like 3 to 4% is tuning yeah. in live compared to 
if my podcast numbers are accurate, what that's telling me. But the three to four percent are the rabid, yes. hardcore. Yes. They're going to give you what you need. Yeah. Your life. No, I, I love those people. Yeah. And, and even like in the general sense, you know, only about three to four percent of your total audience will want to participate back mm-hmm. with you. And so you can't, you know, gauge anything like, oh, you know, only one person emailed me this week. That means that one person actually, you know, was strong, was the one, the strong one that wanted to email you, but there's many others that don't. And there are a lot of people that, that do just want the passive experience. So don't, you know, don't get discouraged that, oh, nobody's listening because only one person emailed me. I'm like, no, one person emailed you out of all the people that mm-hmm. are listening. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, which is what this panel is about, yes. yeah. participation. And mm-hmm. so for me, the guy running the podcast effort who's never really done much of anything to encourage participation, what's the one first thing you would recommend that I try that will give me some some return on investment as far as finding and pulling those people out who are willing to join in the conversation. Make sure you have at least a channel. And I'm sure, you know, this is always one of those things I'm like, I think everybody's already done this, but just, just to make sure, make sure you have that email channel, make sure you have that social media. Facebook, I think especially is so big. Um, even though I sometimes have my own personal issues with Facebook, the reality is people are on that thing 24 seven. And if you have a Facebook page where you can make posts, those posts can then be shared. Those posts get bumped up to the tops of other people's feed because so-and-so likes this. So I think especially Facebook is such an important thing. You got it. You got to hit, you know, kind of in the beginning. Um, and we try to do regular updates on Facebook, not just necessarily episode postings, but maybe like I might know in advance, like Sunday morning, Hey guys, here's a topic we're going to talk about on tonight's show. This is the way we're kind of reacting in studio right now. What do you guys think? And then we'll get responses there. We're going to read some of those responses on air. So it's kind of like we're starting the dialogue before we're officially starting the dialogue. Um, so I would say just make sure you have these channels and that you're, you're very clearly communicating it and show that you also are appreciating it. You know, like, hey, guys, thanks for posting on the Facebook. You know, I checked it out and this is what we had. You know, and maybe if it's a week where you didn't have anything, then, you know, you're going to have those weeks where maybe nothing came up. So you might kind of like joke up. Oh, well, nothing came up. What do you think people might have said? Because now you're giving them an opportunity to correct you. <laughs> Guaranteed internet mm-hmm. fodder. Exactly. So maybe, you know, well, since you guys didn't say anything, I'll put words in your mouth. Feel free to correct me. And they'll correct you. Thank you very much. Yeah, one of the things, uh, Rob, you were talking about was the fact that you've got that 3 to 4%, but those are your regular, very hardcore. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. But the that goes back to the first point, that those that then become your supporting cast yes. because they become recognizable absolutely personalities yeah. in and of okay. themselves does anybody in here listen to OLR it's okay I won't be offended if you don't okay so we have thank you can you imagine an episode of OLR where Rama doesn't call in I was thinking exactly <laughs> that <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like that is, and by the way, if you're out there, buddy, I love you. But he's he 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 is. You're exactly right. He's part of the supporting cast of the show, and it's like how can yeah, it's it's, and now he does his own show, which is fantastic. Yeah, and I mean, I keep saying it's always funny. Rob's uh, Rob always makes fun of me. I always say I do a solo show. I do it all by myself, and Rob's like, no, you don't, because I have the chat room right there, and there is much a host of the show. Uh, in the be- in the first half of the show, I read comments from chat where they're typing, and there are names that have been there since I started nine years ago, and then there are frequent callers that, and that's why they sometimes don't call in because they're like, oh, I called the last four weeks, and I'm like, but you have something to say. 
So say it. And, uh, you know, and one of the one of the ways I, I kind of track that is that I took something from Scott Rubin, something he did a lot, is at the end of the show, I read the names of all the chatters that are in the chat room. It's like 40 something names or mm-hmm. something is how much we have in the chat room. And I can go back to my first episode back in 2005 and listen to that chat read. And some of the same people are in there since 2005. We literally have like one minute left, but I I said before the panel when I was on Twitter because I knew some people would be listening through the uh, Alpha Geek radio feed. I said, "Hey, tweet me if you can't be here and you have a question." So can I can I do one quick Please. Twitter question? Okay, this is from Act Deft, who said, "How do you encourage international listeners to participate?" I love this question. Um, you have an international cast, John. You want to start with this? Uh, sure. Uh, basically, I mean, you you, you can't discriminate where something comes from the fact that it's social media now you may not even know where it comes from and so just treat everybody equally and people are going to feel like they have a voice and they're going to use it i I would say be very mindful you have an international presence and again i'm very gaming focused that's my world but i do find i really have to remind myself sometimes these games we're talking about might not be out in europe yet you know, so we have to kind of like not assume that everybody who's listening to the show has necessarily played such and such game or so forth. So I think you just kind of I think one way to engage the international audience is don't forget they're there. And sometimes it's very hard to look outside that little box, even the city or state that we're in. But there's a whole world out there that you might be tapped into. But I got that's all I can really say because of time. Yep. And uh, so that and, and my, the person I always talk kept talking about, like, oh, he calls four times or, you know, he doesn't call because he called her four. He just tweeted, so that, that's, <laughs> and I love it. And please call more. You have he hasn't called in a while, and he's like, uh, I call too much. Call back. So um, that's all the time we have. Uh, thank you guys so much. If you like this panel, go into the app, rate it five stars. If you hated this panel, um, I didn't say anything. Four stars. Yeah. Yeah, they've been saying rated four stars. Um, and we are at vognetwork.com. I do have hacky sacks if you would like some. Uh, and we have flyers in the back, and we are looking for new shows uh, of a geek-centric nature, not video games. We really would like a comic book show and audio, audio drama. drama. Uh, so that's but we're it. open to uh, lots we of ideas. We're open to yeah. anything, lots so of come ideas. talk to us. I've got business cards. And thank you so much for spending Monday morning with us and waking up with us. Thank you.